Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. This is episode eight, and we're really, really happy that you're joining us today. Um, let me just introduce right off the bat my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, what's going on, man? I'm in the mood for metal at Christmas. And you're going to get you're going to get metal. I don't know if you're going to get Christmas just yet, but I know in your house, um, we're in December now, it's full-fledged Christmas in your house, right? Is it like Santa threw up in your house? It's like an assault of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny though, because we were a little, it took us a little while to get all the Christmas decorations together, yeah. but the dollar store on the other hand was evicting Halloween halfway through October. <laughs> so so I were... think out of spite, we took yeah. our time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's uh, what's great about your place is, you know, there's two, there's two holidays that are very well represented in your house and they're one after another and that's Halloween and Christmas. And I don't know anyone that does it better than you guys. So. Um, well, thank you very much. And people should go check out your YouTube channel, Spook Easy, because you guys, um, you guys do some pretty crazy stuff over there. Spook Easy Manor, yeah, it's a good time. But they should, uh, they should subscribe to this show. Like, if you're catching this right now because they're big Derek Green fans or Sepultura fans, they should. You know, you don't want to miss a single episode of Rockman Power Hour. I mean, no, we have so many cool episodes so far. You don't, and we got so much stuff coming your way. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. This journey's been fun so far, and we want to thank this week's sponsor. They're back with us again, SubversiveSisters.ca. Um, you know, you're looking for a unique. Christmas gift. And you're like, what do I get someone that's a little edgy, but a little classy? You get them a plate like this that says, live, laugh, fuck off. <laughs> or, you get them one, or you get them one of these plates that says, fucker in charge. And these are all on uh, on vintage plates that uh, that they source out, they find, and, uh, and they make very, very uh, unique and rad. So again, this isn't the kind of gift that you're going to find um, at winners or you're going to find at Walmart. That's something that's, um, this is something that's very unique and it's for that unique special person in your life. So go check out subversivesisters.ca and use my name Rockman and you will get a discount, uh, upon checkout. Um, and you're supporting a great Canadian company, um, uh, that's run by uh, a single mom who, uh, who absolutely rocks. So check out Sub subversive sisters, check out subversivesisters.ca. Uh, Ryan, I want to jump into this interview, but, uh, tell me a bit of, uh, Sepultura. Tell me a bit about Sepultura with you. What's your what's your Sepultura journey been? Um, I used to uh, I used to know this girl Tara, and sh her sister was a big metalhead. Yeah. And Tara and her sister are both these. You know, I was fifteen, and they are beautiful young women. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny when you're fifteen and you're up your own ass, and you're just constantly trying to be cool. Constantly. Yeah. I still am actually, I'm 36. I'm still trying to do that. So 21 <laughs> years later, still, still at it. But I remember going to Tara's house and her sister had the room in the basement and there was metal posters all over the wall. And she yeah. was really, you know, she was very cool and a few years older, which is even cooler to a 15 year old. Right. Yeah. And uh, I remember tr saying something dumb, trying to impress her being like, uh, yeah, I love the band Sepultra. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're, yeah. you're, you're not the first person to say that. And some people do pronounce Sepultura as Sepultra. And, and, uh, but, um, you know, the, the thing about this band is that they're, they're one of those bands that's cited as, uh, as pioneers in metal, you know, yeah. um, they, they've been around for so long. They came from humble beginnings and, uh, and there was a shift in, um, personnel, when their lead singer Max Cavalera left, and you know, we, you can't hide that there, there were a lot of people that were weirded out by that whole situation. But I'm one of the, you know, one of the people that believe that uh, Sepultura fans got 
a great singer in Derek Green that continued the legacy of the band and has cemented it for over 20 years. And they got Soulfly with Max Cavalera, which ended up being another incredible project, which I had a lot of personal um, doings with, with my band touring with them and stuff. So I was never somebody that really wanted to, you know, to, to be one of these divisive people. I was like, man, it's just more for everyone. Um, but th- to get the chance to talk to Derek today was an absolute pleasure because as you know, you and I had a bit of dealings with Derek when we were doing the Kings of Quarantine project. Um, yeah. he sang on our cover of, uh, she watched channel zero. Um, and he was so good to deal with him. Mean, he was just such a gentleman. And when, and it was actually Billy Gould from faith, no more that suggested him when I was saying, Hey, we need to get someone for some of these flavor flavor parts. And he was like, why don't you ask Derek green from Sepultura? I'm like, you know, him? he's like, yeah, yeah, I can put you in touch. He did. And, um, Derek accepted graciously and uh, we kind of got to know each other a little bit on, on Instagram. And he's just a really nice guy. He's um, he's a hardcore vegan. Uh, he's a hardcore fitness nut. Um, and he just looks like he's having a great time on Instagram, which I know Instagram <laughs> seems to be the platform where you can, you can be however you want to be, but he seems very genuine. And every dealing I've had with him has been nothing but great. And you'll see that when you, we go to this interview. Um, but I wanted to show you this thing. This is what he's promoting right now. And this is Seppel Nation. This is the studio album box set of his time with Sepultura. So this is the first 10 years that he's been with the band. Obviously, he's been with the band for another 10 years. So he's been in the band for, God, I got to say, he's been in the band for 24 years now. So yeah, you're 24 years, you know. As the new guy? I don't think he's the new guy anymore. I think he's, he's just beyond. the guy. He yeah. is the guy. And uh, this yeah. is great. You know, five albums in here. The first five albums he did with a band are in here. So uh, check out Supple Nation. It's really, really a lot of fun. And Ryan, let's go right to my interview and our chat with none other than Derek Green of Sepultura. All right. Uh, really, really happy to have today on the Rockman Power Hour, Derek Green from Sepultura. Now, Derek and I kind of know each other, but not that well. But uh, but I feel like I know you because I, I follow everything that you do every day. And I, I, everything, every time yeah. I look at your, every time I look at your life, I'm like, I want to, I want to like hang out with this guy. <laughs> it just, see, it just seems like you, you've got, you've be, got a really, be really careful fun. what you wish for. <laughs> um, but, but I, I gotta tell you, man, I, you know, I've, I've been a fan of, I've been a fan of Sepultura for a long, long time. And, and I know at this point, this is, you know, this is old news, but man, when you joined the band, um, like everybody, we were like, okay, what's going to happen? I mean, and, and you've proven yourself to be not only an incredible addition to the band, but like, I mean, you're, you're, you're like a pillar member of this band. This is, there's no more, you know, there's no more wondering is the new guy from Sepultura going to be good. You're good. <laughs> and I think, you know, when this thing gets released, oh, wow. thank you, man. and this thing gets released and people are like, man, like we're celebrating your body of work now with Sepultura. So it's gone way beyond you just joining the band. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel very honored to be a part of the history of Sepultura. It's such a, uh, a rich history, you know, and it's great to be a part of that. And finally, I think a lot of fans will be able to connect the dots easier with the Spock set. Um, I'm really proud of it and, and the fact that we're able to, to put it out. And I think, you know, in a few years, we'll have enough material for another box set, you know, with uh, Aloy Casagrange, a part of that. So this is uh, very special. You know, I think for any Sepultura fan, you can follow a lot of the evolution of the band of where things have been 
change, you know, a lot of the changes that have happened over the years. Um, and it's, it's just really great to be able to connect everything together. Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty impressive, you know, when, when this box arrived and, uh, and I unboxed it and I started opening it up and, and looking through and was like, man, this is like a really, really impressive body of work. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun to listen to, obviously not when the neighbors are anywhere near because right. I, I, I did a one through <laughs> on every one of these records, man. And I've, I live next to a really, really nice lady here. And she was like, um, I've noticed that you've been listening to a lot of very, very heavy music. And she goes, normally you're listening to a lot, you know, a lot smoother stuff. I go, yeah, I just got this sepulcher box set. And like, I, I had to get through the whole thing. She's like, oh, okay. Do you think you're going to be doing that often? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm definitely going to be listening to this a few times and, and maybe I'll try to put my headphones on and, 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 you know, give, give the vinyl a rest, but there's something about physical media. When you get vinyl, um, you're some- like, mind your business, <laughs> mind your business. So <laughs> you need to say to her, mind your business, Miss Jones, this is what I'm listening to. This is America. If you remember. <laughs> the, the, the thing is i'm in canada so i i'd have to say that in a really i'd have to be i'd have to be different about it i have to i'd have to be like you know oh yes i'm i'm canadian so, so this is i'm so okay so now i understand that I, for some reason I, I thought you were in san francisco no god i wish i was in san francisco no i'm in i'm in i'm in montreal canada uh, yeah i am sorry i did not know this yeah. So, so you'd have to say in French, you know, mind your business. Mais toi, tu tes affaires. Okay. Laisse ça faire là. Je veux écouter mon sepulture à la volume que je veux. Um, <laughs> but with more, you know, attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, so, all right. So, so Canadians are nice. So you would never do that. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. Um, so let, let me okay. ask you something. Let me ask you something. Um, there's, there seems to be something about um, metal musicians um, and this misconception that they're, you know, they're super angry. Um, they're super meta. And you're, from what I've seen, you're the exact opposite. You seem to be a really well-balanced guy. You seem to re- be a real sensitive guy. Um, and you seem to be, you know, just the fact that just, just the fact that, you know, you're, you're, um, you're vegan, uh, you seem to care about animals, you seem to care about your friends, everything I see, and I know this is social media, but everything that I've seen with you seems to be, you're a very caring and loving guy. So there seems to be this misconception that metal musicians are these angry people that don't give a fuck about anything. But I don't think that's the case with a lot. Most of the metal musicians I've met are, are, are pretty well-educated, pretty well-versed in a lot of things, pretty worldly. Um, where do you think that misconception comes from? Do you think it's just the, 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 the sheer brutality of the music? Yeah, I think a lot of that misconception comes from fear. You know, that has a lot to do with a lot of people's misconceptions, not only with music, but with day-to-day life. You know, fear, sometimes when it's taking control of people's actions, you know, all of their actions and everything that they do, then, you know, they live, uh, you know, in a life where, where things can be very misconstrued. So this has happened, I think, my entire life, um, especially with people's preconceptions of, of certain, you know, everything around them. You know, I, I used to have dreadlocks. Um, 
a lot of people were always asking me for drugs when I was growing up. Um, they thought I listened to reggae music or I was in a reggae band or whatever. I do listen to reggae music, but they assumed that I was in a reggae band. I yeah. mean, these preconceptions I think everyone has, but um, when you start living your life by, by fear, then, you know, then you have some really diverse, you know, whatever it is that you are thinking about that person could be radically different. But I think there are a lot of people in the metal scene that are, that are extremely educated, very sensitive, uh, very knowledgeable. And the same in the hardcore and punk scene, you know, there are certain people that just don't understand actually what they're talking about. A lot of times people like to talk about things they don't know anything about and, uh, and they're afraid of a lot of times. So you get a lot of that, you know, especially yeah. on the Internet. You have a lot of people just typing up things they don't know anything about. Um, I think it's nice to see, uh, the different layers of the onion, you know, like you, you can't necessarily look at someone and say, well, you know, this is what they are. This is, you know, this is the little compartment, the little box they belong in. And that's not the case. I mean, we're all very complex. Um, and I, and I find with, with, you know, most individuals, it comes down to just getting to know somebody and, and realizing that there's a lot of sides to people. And, um, so I just think it's nice when someone follows someone like you, um, and gets to know you through what you choose to share that they see that you might sing for a band that, uh, that is pretty brutal. And let's face it, Sepultura are pretty brutal, <laughs> but, but you seem to be a pretty loving guy. So, so kudos to that. If that's a message you're trying to get across, you're, you're doing a good job getting it across. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's important to show, you know, the, the true personality, you know, like being on stage and, and doing this aggressive, brutal music is, it's a side of me, you know, it's a yeah. part of what we, of who we are. Um, all of us in the band together and, and, and it's focused, you know, on a particular time and period and, and everything that we're trying to do is, is art. And, um, it's not everything that we're about, you know, it, it takes a lot to, you know, there's, there's a deep dive, you know, that people need to take that time to get to know, like you said, peel the layers back of the onion to see what's really going on. Um, and I think this. In general, people have a hard time doing that, taking the time to do that, getting to know uh, a certain topic or subject or person, you know, to find out the root, the true core of where that person or place or thing is coming from. So I think that's something that we've been lacking a lot in society in general is that effort, that time, that patience to get to really know um, certain aspects about a, a topic or a person. Yeah. Um, let me ask you when you've, um, when you've traveled and, and I know you travel quite a bit, um, what are the differences you see when you go to somewhere mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm sure when you go to somewhere like Brazil, um, the fans are just absolutely insane. Um, versus let's say when you come to Canada, what are, what are the major differences you see in the audiences? Whew. Okay. Um, I mean, as far as like reaction to shows, I mean, I don't think they have as many shows. They don't have as many shows in South America, for example. So when they do have shows, there's more than there have been in the past, of course. But when they do have shows, they, they truly, uh, they go off, you know, they go crazy. They, they, they save their money to go to this particular show. Uh, a lot of people don't have a lot of money to go to shows. Um, so it means a lot to them, you know, it, it's, they look forward to it. They have this idea in their head, you know, they built up because they weren't able to, to see the evolution of certain bands happen 
Um, yeah. I think with Canada, a lot of bands come there uh, all the time. Um, it's been part of that whole touring cycle for many bands. Um, and so that has a, a big impact. But I, Canada is really a unique place because they have a real appreciation for the music, I think, in, in, a, in, in a way where it's just like, wow, they really connect with the artists and the bands that are coming through. Um, I think that they, they have that feeling. It's just something very natural to them. Um, I think the fact that there's dual languages there um, adds to the to something as well, where it gives it something very unique place to play. A lot of bands yeah. love to play in Montreal. I know that yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, and it just feels very, it's a very unique place. So it's very special to be able to go there. And it's got a lot, and there's a lot of European influences, obviously, especially when you come into provinces like Quebec and Montreal, you know, we come into Quebec, you go to Quebec city, you go to Montreal, there's, uh, there's a big injection of, of European flavor. So if you're, you know, if you're someone that's gone to Europe a lot, you come to Montreal, Absolutely. Like, oh, this is like being in Europe. So you have a really nice relationship with Toby Morse. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you consider him your best friend, but <laughs> you guys seem to have this really, really nice relationship. Can you tell me how that started? Well, it started uh, back in the 90s, actually, in the mid 90s. Uh, I was, we both lived in New York City. Um, and it was a time period that was just really uh, a magical time period. Um, I worked at a store in Soho called Fat Farm. I remember Fat Farm, of course. There was Fat Farm, there was FUBU, there was, yeah, but I remember Fat Farm was one of yeah. the OG, was one of the OG, all the, all OG that labels. Stuff. Yeah. And so when I, when I moved to New York, I ended up working there as a system manager in the store. And it was the only store in the, in the country um, that existed at the time. The only place you can get Fat Farm, which is Russell Simmons brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so across the street from me was uh, Nana, this place where you could get like Doc Martens and certain shoes and uh, really like an alternative store. And that's where Toby worked. And right. so at like lunch, it was like a, a street of just like everybody walking up and down, like of who's who, like from athletes to actors, directors, to supermodels, just like rolling the streets. So you never know who would come in. But Toby and I met um, because he was in the hardcore. I was in the hardcore. Uh, we had a lot of mutual friends and we would just have lunch breaks and stuff together. And he would just talk about all the, craziness of the scene and what was going on and uh i was there when he was developing the idea for h2o and and drawing you know like figuring out the logo he wanted and yeah and where he wanted to go so it was just a really tight scene of of people and and we just really grew a, a friendship from having a lot of very mutual friends and having a love of like punk and hardcore scene so it started there in the mid 90s so you guys have been friends for like 30 years almost. Yeah, it's been a long time, you know, and a lot of changes that have happened and everything. And But we've always stayed in touch. I think the majority of the people that I met from that whole world of hardcore and punk rock, a lot of those people I'm still friends with today. Right. You know, people that I was in bands with, the people from that scene, you yeah. know, I'm still friends with. Um, even from when I was like 14 or 13, it's just, it's insane. Um, that, that unity that exists, you know, because again, it was a very special time was the, the end of a lot of different things. 
um, but also beginning of new things. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I definitely cherish that, that, you know, those times. And, um, and I know that you, I know mm-hmm. you do a podcast with Toby as well. And I saw you had, um, you had Walter Schreifels on, uh, and, you know, I've always said this, I've, and I've, I've, I've dubbed him this and I've said it to many, many times. You are the hardcore Paul McCartney. <laughs> I really, truly believe he is the hardcore Paul McCartney. Uh, absolutely. You know, he's, he's a, he's a true song. Yeah. If you know anything about hardcore, he's there. Yeah. And he's also one of these guys that kind of like, like, you know, like Paul and the Beatles, he went on, you know, he had, he had some very, very influential music, but then he went on to do his own thing and did other stuff. And that's what Walter did. You know, Walter went on, you know, he did, he did quicksand, he did rival schools. He's done some beautiful solo stuff. So, um, I agree. There is something magic that was going on in New York in that time. And, um, and I had no idea that you guys, that that's where you guys knew each other from. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's incredible. Like, especially during the whole lockdown, he, we figured out that he lived, you know, we were neighbors, like really close to each other. So that was another thing was like, oh, I didn't realize you lived so close. We didn't, I mean, when I moved to LA, I didn't have a chance to really connect with uh, all the friends that I knew that moved here because yeah. I was on tour for the most part. Yeah. Um, but once the lockdown happened, I was like, oh yeah, such and such is here. Oh yeah, that's right. And then I realized, oh, Toby's super close. I'll just walk over or ride my bike over and hang out, you know? So it worked out. Definitely. <laughs> um, I, I know that, you know, like you mentioned, you know, live music um, is a big part of your story. It's a big part of Sepultura's story. Uh, how hard has it been for you not to be able to be out there touring and, and playing music? I think it was hard at first because I was really ready to go um, to tour on uh, Quadra, the album Quadra. Yeah. We're already rehearsing in the studio and super excited because it was the best response i think that i've that we've gotten since i've been in the band with that right. last uh, the latest album and I, w- I was super stoked and i felt really good it was really healthy you yeah. know really ready to do this tour um and so that i think that first month of the whole pandemic lockdown i was really kind of bummed out but to snap out of it by doing as many things possible that made me happy other than playing music. Right. So um, it was a challenge, you know, like now looking, you know, it's like I look at videos of being on stage and things. I'm like, oh, my God, who is that guy? What's going on there? You know, it's been so long. It's hard to imagine being on stage. Um, so I have to really get in that mindset again, you know, it's going to take some time to reversals. Um, but it's like a complete, you know, turn to not being on the road. I adapted, uh, very well with, uh, that, uh, a completely alternative life, you know, compared to being on the road all the time and being around people all the time. You know, I've, I've been able to, uh, exist well mentally and physically without being on the road and without playing live music but i i it's it will always be in my heart you know it's right. something that I, I i really need to do i know that uh that desire is still there you know but again it's something that i'm like okay it's got to work its way back into 
you know, full drive. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the minute you, you get on stage and you start doing it again, it'll be like, it'll be like riding a bike. It'll come right back. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let me ask you, how long have you been vegan? Vegan? Probably about, I don't know now. It's been about five years. Yeah. Uh, I've been vegetarian. Like I haven't eaten meat or anything for since I was 15 years old. Wow. And I'm 50 now. So it's, it's been some time you do your maths like 35 years. So yeah, I, I um, stopped, I stopped 12, probably 12 years ago. And, uh, Oh, you were. Yeah. Yeah. No, you I, stop? no, no, I, no, no. I mean, I stopped, I stopped eating meat. I've been, I've been, vegetarian. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been vegetarian for 12 years and, um, Excellent. yeah. And I, and I, again, through social media, I very jealous of your meals. Like you guys seem to eat like fucking kings uh, all the time. How important is food to man. you? Because you are always eating, you know, if it's, and I, you know, I, I used to live in LA. Okay. So when I see you going to crossroads, I'm like, fuck, right. when I see, you know, when I, when I see, you know, wherever, wherever you're going, I'm yeah. just like, man, um, how important is food to you? Pretty important because I mean, don't do drugs. They don't drink alcohol. So, yeah. you know, this is my drug of choice is good food. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I think it, it's super important. You know, it, it really is connected to so many different levels, you know, um, the planet, animals, yeah. um, yeah. you know, our environment that we live in, but in our body, in mind and body. So it, it's really important, you know, it can determine your, your outlook, you know, your, your, your like depression and things like that. It has an effect on all those, all those different things on a level. And it's something that you do every day and your body needs. So I want to make sure that I have the best fuel for my body and my mind. And so it's extremely important what I, I, I put in my body and I'm learning every day, you know, yeah. different things. Uh, about that. And so it, it, that's what I love about it too. You know, it's something I'm constantly learning. I don't know it all, but it's been a process. You know, yeah. it went from, you know, being 15, where it's just like limited to like, I just know peanut butter and jelly. This is yeah. vegan. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, nobody was harmed in the making yeah. of this. But um, now being able to, to, to cook, develop recipes, to check out other people's recipes, I'm really into. That's where I developed a lot of knowledge about the, uh, about food that I'm putting in my body is from cooking yeah. myself at home, and um, and so I I learned so much from that and from other people traveling around the world, talking to other people um, in different environments that have different types of food. Um, I like to try out different cultures. Living in Brazil, you know that changed a lot of perspective of food in my mind as well. I mean, you're in this where. Um, everything is, you know, in season yeah. all the time, it yeah. seems. Um, and so you can get such a wide variety of fruits and vegetables that I've never even heard about. So yeah. it, it, it was fa it's fascinating, the world of food. And I think it's extremely important that, um, you know, to take, that it's to be somewhere very high on the level of importance in my life. Um, so... Sepal Nation, you know, this, this drops, um, people are picking it up. I'm seeing such a great reaction to this. Uh, what are the plans moving forward? Like into 2022, all that stuff. Touring. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we haven't had a chance to tour on Quadra, Quadra the, yeah. the, the, the last album. 
Right. So that's our main focus and goal is to do a world tour of that album. And, and I'm looking forward to that. You know, we're going to have to do some serious rehearsing. But again, I'm excited about the Sepulnation release, the Spotra yep. release. You know, we have all those things. So I think it's just really great that people had time to listen to it, I believe, during the pandemic, get used yep. to the album. So when we do play those songs, it's going to be, I think, have a really big impact mixed with the classics. So that's our main objective. You know, we have, um, we'll start touring March of next year in yep. North America. So we'll definitely be in Montreal. We, after that, we plan on doing all the festivals in Europe. And then we'll, we'll plan on doing some stuff in South America. Uh, we have Navest that we're going to do in Chile and yep. also in Brazil in December of 2022. Um, so a lot of, a lot of work, you know, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, and it's exciting as it gets closer. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, it seems pretty far out. So I'm like, yeah, that should be good. We'll see how it goes, you know, because I was already expecting to go on tour this year. Yeah. Then it was like postponed. And so now I know just like, you know, if it happens, awesome. You know, if right. it doesn't, I'll be okay. But I, I believe that these tours will happen. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Derek, thank you for taking the time to chat today, man. It was a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, um, man. And I'm, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I am going to be doing an episode uh, in the next little while about Kings of Quarantine because that project was just bananas. Um, and uh, yeah, and the fact, and the fact great, that you know you, that you and Toby donated your time to that was really, really cool. But, uh, but I really wanted to focus on Sepal Nation. You know, this is available now, so make sure everybody go check yeah. this out. It is. Uh, it really is a beautiful box, and it's a beautiful body of work. And again, I am. I'm so proud um, to 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 say that um, you know I'm someone who had reservations out of the gate when they said there was a new guy. Okay, coming. yeah. And, and like everybody, I'm not going to lie about it. But I, man, the minute I put on against, okay, um, and and I heard choke and I heard those songs, I was like, okay, we're fine. <laughs> So it, it didn't last long. My worry. <laughs> I think in my mind and in all of our minds that it would be a process in order yeah. to get people into it because there's a new configuration of the band and it makes sense that it would take time. And I had no problem with that. The guys had no problem with that. And it just made more of a challenge and it's great to be able to play those songs now. Um, and, and just have that feedback, the reaction, and to hear the, the stories that people have, you know, for some people that was their first album coming in, you know, against, like they yeah. don't know that much about the past. Yeah. Um, they weren't around for it. They weren't even alive for, for part of it. So for, there is a big gap, you know, a big generation of people that grew up listening to these songs that are on the box set or right. following, you know, Sepultura in, in that formation. So um, you can't forget about it. It's been, you know, almost, it's been over 20 years now. Yeah. So that's, you know, you have a lot of people that really can relate to these songs. And it's great uh, reminder. Like I started listening to a lot of the songs that I hadn't heard in many years. And it was like a great feeling, you know, of yeah. accomplishment. And um, a lot of fun, again, working with all those different um 
producers and people that we had special guests that we had on the albums. You know, I go down the list. I'm like, oh, yeah, we had Dilla Biafra. We had, you know, Apocalyptica. We had, Jason, you know, like all these different uh, people. Jason Newstead, you know, yeah. um, the list goes on, you know, and it, it's, it's a great honor to be a part of that history. Thanks again for taking the time. Uh, continued success. And uh, we hope to catch up with you again soon, man. Absolutely, Jason. Thank you, man. Man, the term gentle giant is thrown around, but uh, what a what a nice guy. Based on the vocals he sent in for Kings of Quarantine, I was expecting him to just, you know, crack you like a knuckle. And uh, <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he really is a gentle giant and he's uh, just a wonderful guy, you know, just a great vibes and uh, was really, really happy he accepted our invitation to be on on the on the power hour and uh he's he's a busy guy he does a lot of things and uh they're getting ready to tour right now and of course they're promoting Seppel nation which is available now on vinyl the first five albums with Derek green and uh that legacy is continuing they've got new music coming out i believe in 2022 so good time to be a sepultura fan and uh, check them out on tour in 2022 where they will be uh, hitting a city near you because these guys play everywhere <laughs> they play absolutely everywhere um ryan we have got somebody else that we're going to be uh, we're going to be chatting with. Um, we were very very lucky to talk to this guy, and he doesn't do a lot of interviews. But we were lucky enough to get a chance to chat with him, and we chatted with him all the way from Germany. Now, if you're a real hardcore metal fan, you know the band Sodom. They have been around for quite a while, and uh, they are celebrating the 20th anniversary of a very important album called M16. This record um, has gotten a glor- glorious glorious re-release, and we were lucky enough to talk to Tom Angel Ripper, vocalist and bass player for Sodom. Check it out. All right. Uh, really, really happy to have with me today on, on the Rockman Power Hour, um, Tom Angel Ripper from the band Sodom. Uh, how are you, man? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you. So so this is an exciting year for, for you guys because um, this is the 20th anniversary of M16. And and M16 is a pretty important record, I would say, for, for modern metal. Um, what's it like to see this record get not only a re-release, but an expanded re-release and then a renewed interest from younger people? Um, I, I think when we go back to 2001, when M16 was released the first time, that was just released on CD. Right. Because in these times, record companies don't want to release on vinyl. They, they say vinyl is gonna be it's gonna die you know nobody gonna buy the stuff you know yeah and later they come a re-release from a company called Knights of the vinyl dead and later SPV released this one on on a, on a double gatefold in 2017 I think you have to know that SPV are gonna uh, sell the whole back catalog to BMG you right know? and I I'm not a big big fan of re-releases you know right um, but um, but in case that it's not released on vinyl in 2001, that is a good, um, it's a good idea to bring it out now, you know. But we put so much love and so much passion, so much work in it, you know, to get a good product for the fans, you know. It's not just a re-release, you know. This is an important record. And a lot of people, like, Sodom's one of these bands that I find that kind of always flies under the radar. But whenever you hear metal bands talking about the bands that influence them, they always talk about Sodom. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, we, we, are, we are so long. Uh, we, next year, we have 40 years advisory, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's a long time. But M16, M16 is it's an outstanding album, I think. Yeah. People always compare. I don't want to compare it to Agent Orange or, or later releases, you know. But M16 is something special because um, 
that was the last time the band was in the studio for three or four weeks together working right. on, on a production and, and engineering. There was also the last album Harris Jones produced. You know, Harris Jones was one of our first producers. He started with Express of Solomy and Prescription Media. But in this time, there was um, there was analog recording, but digital recording was more common, you know, and Harris was not so um, interested in, in a digital technique recording and album and mixing, you know. And later we took, we took another producer, but M16, you know, there are so many songs on this album. We're going to play in the live set nowadays, like M16, Napalm in the Morning, I Am the War. Yeah. Uh, Among the Weird Kong was um, open up for years in the live set, you know. So when you when you revisit some of this stuff, I mean, I, I imagine now with the, the situation getting a little bit better in the world, you're planning to go out and tour this, right? Uh, we plan a small tour in the end of December, but just a couple of shows in Germany. You know? And I don't think so because um, the corona rates are, growing up you know yeah and that and they talk about to no more concerts you know i think the culture in germany and the music is not so important you know yeah. the system you know I mean, i've talked to so many musicians over the last year and a half that have said the same thing you know are an album's ready all this work's put into it and yeah. you know it's like you know when you have a music a piece of music that comes out it has a certain amount of time where people are interested Beginning yes. and then the interest wanes because the next shiny new thing comes around. So yeah, yeah, you, have yeah. a, you have a certain time where you kind of have to hit. So I imagine it's frustrating when you're trying to plan something and and you yeah just, yeah we, we we have a new album out you know and um, Genesis nineteen you know and we, we couldn't tour this you know yeah. if you if you bring out a new album you have, you have to go on tour or making some festivals around. We have so many festivals in Germany in the summertime you know and all the all the festivals get cancelled you know. It's a bad situation, but we do the best, you know. We we're gonna rehearse two or three times a week, you know. We start writing new songs. We start planning something for the next year, for the forty years, you know. Um, so it's never get boring, you know. But 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 we also talk about money, you know. Um, if we do want to do live shows, it is the money I I take. I make my life from this kind of uh, shows, you know. Yeah, that is a big problem, you know? and nobody gonna really help you, you know. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's very, very tough for artists right now. And 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 I, I and I think the people in the live industry have been hit the most. You know, um, you talk to the and and you know the musicians have one advantage that they will have. You know, maybe they'll have back catalog to draw from, some royalties. They'll have maybe, yeah. more, but the the roadies were the ones that were really hit the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and hard it, time for them. It's also the promoters. You know, they yeah. they they give up. You know, they say we I, I can do nothing. I cannot plan. We cannot book any bands from outside, you know, or from from America. From we we cannot we can do nothing, you know. I hope time will change one day. You know, that's that's really a big problem. You know, but we ne we never give up. You know, we have so many ideas. You know, yeah. we are so creative at the time. You know, we are working in a rehearsal room, doing you know, doing some stuff in the studio. You know, I like to be at home, but I, but my job is going on tour. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, that's my job, you know, and it's my passion. It's it's the biggest part of my life, you know. Yeah. And I cannot live without music. It's not about the money, you know, but um, we will see what happens, you know. But I'm so glad that we have a new re-release out and we have so much work with that M16 yeah. uh, new release, you know. And, and what's so interesting about that record, um, the inspiration for that was Apocalypse Now. Yes, yes. But uh, I can tell you, you know, I can show you some stuff which, which is in a... In a 
you know, there is a booklet, you know. Yeah, see, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for my physical release to arrive. It hasn't arrived yet. But I'm, do you have the box with yes. you? Yes. Uh, yes, I get the first box, you know, because for the promotion, <laughs> for the interviews, you know. Yeah. We have also two live. Yeah, that comes with legs, okay. you know. Uh, these are some records from 2001 or 2003. Um, it's sort of good sound, you know, because in these times, uh, if they're going to record a live show, you know, there is no multi-track recording. They yeah. just recorded the stereo out. It's something for the something for the collector scene, you know. And this M16 album, Double Gatefold, you know. That's great. That's so cool. Yeah, but I like the box, you know. The box is really interesting, you know. It's like a, amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, like wow. a yeah. ammunition box, you know, they use in war, you know, and you can open up here, you know. Yeah. That uh, is so, cool. so so this is so much work and so much love in it, you know. This is a real re-release, you know. What's what I um I'd help, you know, the record company can release it anyway, if I'm gonna help or not, you know. Yeah, they have the right to do it, but in this case, I help out with photos, you know. The whole story, M16 story, is told by Money Eisenblätter, which was a photographer and um, he was a writer for Metal Hammer magazine in this time. Mm -hmm. And he, he also been, when we visit to Vietnam and uh, playing a show in Bangkok, and um, he knows exactly every point, you know. And uh, he wrote the whole story down and the biggest, and he has the biggest photo archive, you know. Um, he has thousands of what it's called, transparency of the dia. So when people get this, um, like me, who's going to hopefully get it soon, I think I got my tracking number yesterday. <laughs> um, it's got to be it's it's got to be fun to see people's reactions. Do you, have you have you gone um, are, like do you ever go on YouTube and watch unboxing videos of your stuff? Oh yes, I'll, yes, yes. You like watching? I, 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 ne I never did it for myself, you know, but I like see the unboxing videos, you know, because yeah, I know the fans like it, you know, and all, yeah. all the stuff is in it, you know, with a cartridge, you yeah. Know, which is, um, a USB stick, you know, whereas uh, the whole That's album cool. MP3, you know, this one it's called Dog Tag or yeah, Dog Tag, like sure. yeah, 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 yeah. I am a big Mordet fan. I I remember I bought some Ace of Spades, mm. the re-release of the big box, you know. And when I start unboxing this, you know, and all the vinyls in it and the posters and all the items in it, you know, it's great, you know. It's nothing if you have an M16 already on CD, it's nothing new. Yeah. You know? Because it, um, the songs, the original songs are just remastered, you know, kind of to get a better stereo sound, you know. I grew up on vinyl, probably like you, you know, so vinyl yes, to yes, me yes. is a big part. So to be able to have a record is so much more of a ritual than a CD. Like CDs, and I and CDs are okay. I know a lot of people love CDs and technically... I don't. No, no, I, 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 I hate them. I hate them. Because to me, a CD, it just doesn't age well. It hasn't aged well. You know, if you get those first CDs from the first generation yes. of CDs, the cases are heavy um after yes. a while they get they they're not clear anymore they're they're filmy those two yeah, yeah, yeah. on the end always fucking break off yes, you know, yes. they, I have, they, you know I, I had hundreds of cds and i'll give it to my guitarist yeah. york he's a, he's a collector you know he collects cds vinyls everything you know so i just concentrate on vinyl you know and i uh, sold my whole vinyl collection years ago you know but I got, i'm gonna rebuy all the stuff you know because <laughs> in the sodom yeah. Uh, last week, you know, I checked my Sodom vinyls and mm. I miss Masquerading Blood, I miss um, Express of Sodom, you know, and I'm going to rebuy it on eBay, you know, paid yeah. 140 euros for the Masquerading Blood, you know. I was going to say, have you seen the price? Have you seen the price of some of your records that they go for now? But I want to have the Sodom 
vinyl collection complete, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear but you. In, but when I get the vinyls in, in the United, I give it away to my friends, you know. I never keep it for myself, you know. Now, now I have to pay the price, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there must be something, you know, when you go back to this stuff. I can just tell by the way you're speaking. You're very proud of your body of work. Oh, yes, yes. We, we spend a lot of time to get this finished, you know. And um, yeah, I'm proud of my myself and my ex-members, you know. Yeah. I think 40 years is a long time, you know. It I mean, is. It's, it's, it's just a result of hardworking men, you know, to be yeah. in the scene as long time, you know. Yes, and when I when I look to my back catalog, we have so many albums out, so many, even with Uncle Tom or Desperados. I did some side projects, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think there is no musician who has more records than me, you know. Let, let me ask you something. M- most metal musicians I know have a lot of musical interest outside of metal. There's a lot of stuff that they like to listen to. W- what is it something that you're listening to now that you're that people would be very surprised to know that that Tom Angel Ripper is listening to? No, no I'm, I'm I'm a metal fan, you know. I like rock music, you know. I started in back in, in 75 or 76 that was rainbow yeah rising was my first album i bought for my own money you know for myself you know i was really interested in rock music you know not just in, not just in metal music but i'm not interested in pop music or all the other stuff you know there's never there's never anything that comes like are you a hip-hop fan at all no 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 way no way nothing <laughs> no no that's not my music you know that's um yeah I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a, I'm a big metal fan, you know. I think Venom, Slayer, Tank, all yeah. the British bands coming in the end of uh, beginning of the '80s, you know, that was the biggest inspiration to me to, to form an old band, you know. Yeah. And a Tank or Venom or Raven, I'm a big fan, you know. I also listened to Dire Straits in the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, and and Genesis and Phil Collins. Big fan of I like Phil Collins, you know, because these are great musicians, you know. Yeah. I remember back in. Um, in the 80s, with Witch Hunter was a big fan of Brian Adams. Yeah. Yeah. He's that is something fan. I couldn't understand, you know. Yeah. And he also, his favorite band was Rush, you know, yeah. which is a great band, but I can I can listen to it because of the vocals, you know. <laughs> but nowadays, I'm, I'm just I'm just a metal fan, and, yeah. and um, but I'm old school metal fan. I'm not so in the new bands. You know, there are hundreds of new bands coming out every month, you know. Yeah. I, I get all the record, uh, the magazines, like Rock Card, Metal Hammer and all the stuff, you know. So many bands coming out every month, you know. It's getting out of control, you know. I know I cannot listen to this. I get CDs for free and sometimes I get some samples which are in the magazines, you know. But when I listen to music at home, I just take my Priest, my Venom stuff, my Mordet stuff, you know. I just got the um, the 50th anniversary box of, of the Judas Priest 50th box set. Um, oh, it's amazing. You know, it's I'm, I'm being Judas Priest. Yeah. Did you get one? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have none. But um, I'm a big Priest fan, you know. Yeah, and um, I, I saw Priest the first time in 78, 79, something like this. You know. Did you ever get to play with Judas Priest? I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're going to um, have a ticket here. They're going to play with uh, Ozzy Osbourne next year. That's a problem. The People are going to buy tickets from all the shows, all the concerts, you know. And don't know is it re- if it's really happening. You know that's a, the problem. Yeah, well, that's a, that's the unstable thing right now. It's like we everyone's kind of on the fence. Like, is it going to happen? People are hesitant, but I'm I'm confident that 2022 is going to be a better year. I really, really believe that. I don't think so. <laughs> I hope. I please. You know. Hey, listen, uh, Tom. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you and and to chat with you. And I'm really, really glad that people are getting another crack at this record because. 
it, mm. I, I've always enjoyed M16. I've always thought it was an important record and, and I'm glad that it's getting the beautiful release that it's getting because it, it deserves it. It really, really does deserve it because it's a moment yeah, well, we, that has to be celebrated. Yeah, we talk about uh, other re-release, but people are crying, people are asking for tapping the way re-release or obsessed yeah. by cruelty, stuff like this, you know. Um, problem, the thing is that we, we don't want to get to a limited edition from this box, you know. Because if it's limited, you know, you pay the price later on eBay, you know, you pay yeah. so much money for it, you know. Yeah. And we said we don't want to limit it. I'm looking forward, you know, I think the pre-selling is, is, is pretty nice, you know, and um, so we'll get the chance for the next re-release, which is definitely tapping the vein, you know, next year, you know. That'll be fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully we can chat again when that comes. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, thank you for taking the time and, all the, and be safe and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care, man. Isn't that kind of nice? It's the beginning of December. You're giving people like an extra gift. Like the podcast is already free, but at the same time, here's a double digest yeah. of metal. <laughs> Yeah. No, he, he he's he, that guy's lived, man. You can tell when he chats and stuff, and uh, and he's no yeah. bullshit. I, I I I love chatting with him, and and it's great when you get to talk to people. You know, Sodom's one of these bands that really flies under the radar when people talk about metal, and um, but you talk to the real metalheads, and they they are full into them. Do you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. kind of yeah. yeah, man. Like you know, you talk about like bands like Testament get left out. You know, a lot of times they're like, oh, Testament, but. You know, bands like Death Angel, these bands were so, so important to the development of metal and Sodom was one of them. So really glad to, to, to talk to Tom today and, um, and also encourage people to go check out, um, M16. I mean, he was showing us some of the stuff in that box set and it looks really, really cool. I know mine's on the way. I can't wait to get it. And, um, nice. just support that band who's going to be doing a lot of stuff, hopefully in 2022 when things get back to normal, which they will. All right, next week on the show, Ryan, uh, I'm really, really stoked. We have someone very, very cool who's going to be joining us who just wrote his first ever tell-all book about his life, and this guy has lived. Uh, he's collaborated with some hip-hop giants. Uh, his band is one of the big four when it comes to that tour that happens every once in a while. Um, and, you know, big four are the big four metal bands, and they're one of them. I don't want to give anything away, but make sure you uh, keep it locked on our socials to find out who our guest is next Friday on the podcast. It's going to be a special one. Um, I want to thank my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, thanks so much for hanging out, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank our sponsor this week, SubversiveSisters.ca. Again, if you are looking for a unique Christmas gift, nothing quite says love when you send somebody a plate that says fucker in charge. And that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get from Subversive Sisters. Go check them out, SubversiveSisters.ca. If you use my name, Rockman, you will get a discount at checkout. I also want to thank our producer, Julia Kajerski. Um, I want to thank everybody involved with making this episode happen. Our guest, Derek Green, Tom Angel Ripper and all of you for hanging out with us. We will see you next Friday on the Rockman Power Hour.